0: Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, Hypor Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and Pigequipment.com, brought to you by American Resources.
1: Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Joining us today is Carrie Ann Greenhall from Airy Cure, which is also associated with Swine Seal. How are you doing today?
2: Good. Hi, Matthew. Thanks for having me.
1: Excited to talk with you today. You are the founder of Airy Cure, which is the creator of a very impressive liquid bandage for people and animals. And excited for you to tell your story. To start, can you just give a little background on yourself and kind of your journey to where you are today?
2: Sure. Yeah, so I'm a a PhD organic chemist. Um, I went to grad school at the University of South Florida, go Bulls. Um, And actually, as part of my graduate thesis, I was working on a nanoparticle polymer delivery system for non-water-soluble drugs, so something that you couldn't dissolve um, and take orally or you know, there was, you needed a, a system to be able to get these drugs into a type of gel cap, something like that. Um, we were targeting MRSA infections uh, to start with. And it kind of turned into this thing where I, you know, you spill a little bit sometimes on the bench. <laughs> and I said, oh, that formed a film. That's interesting. <laughs> and then that just kind of got my brain clicking and said, what can I make with this film? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just, it kind of was a, it um, was a invention of convenience of something I was working on and was already targeting a multi-drug delivery system to deal with MRSA infections and um, a number of infections. And then when we kind of realized we could make a film um, a, and see if we could explore some of the, barrier essential properties of it, I started targeting into burn wounds as my primary um, research in grad school. Um, and, you know, kind of always had that in my back pocket. I actually, um, my first job interview, it was not only pitching myself, but this technology. <laughs> so that's <laughs> fun. A little stressful to a room full of, uh, you know, chief science officers and chemists and biotech guys. Um, and they liked it. They, they brought the hired me. And, you know, when you get into corporate, a lot of times they shelve things that aren't as far advanced. And so I'd always just kind of had a desire to work on this. And then one day I cut myself and said, Hmm, I wonder what this will do if you can stop bleeding and we put it on and it stopped the bleeding. And we said, Oh, well, that's kind of neat. Um, And so when I left that company, I, you know, I kind of been tinkering and playing after I left and optimizing the formula specifically as a first aid type of product to use it for sealing um, minor wounds, cuts and scrapes, because we saw that there was a need in the market, you know, new skin, that type of thing where you, you paint on this super glue, you know, your skin moves and super glue doesn't. So obviously the, the, the cuts just cracked back open. And um, my husband who we were dating at the time had an incident where he cut his hand right between the thumb and forefinger where, you know, the skin's highly elastic. It moves, it stretches. And he had put the new skin stuff on. He tried banding it and it all just fell off. And he ended up with a really bad MRSA infection and almost lost his hand. And so that was kind of my aha moment of, wait, I could have, I could have covered that. <laughs> I could have stopped that from happening. Yeah. Um, and so there was obviously a need on the market for something that would actually stick to the skin and be that protective barrier and not, you know, and prevent people from getting these infections. Um, so there there was obviously, you know, a lot of old tech, you know, Band-Aids have been around for decades and decades So We thought we might bring something new. And then it just kind of spiraled from there into this huge thing where we're, you know, treating... Orangutans, um, skin ailments and pigs in the pork industry. And um, I actually have pictures of a tiger's abscess that we've treated. It's, it's pretty neat. Um, you know, I love I have a big passion for animals, so I like getting to, to play in that arena more, I think, than people, <laughs> the people arena.
1: So can you talk through the journey of what it took to go from a working product to a FDA cleared? approved product kind of thing
2: Ooh, that's a journey it's a journey
1: I and mean, you had a lot of pig <laughs> testing in there and I think well, I'd like yeah. you to hit on that as well
2: <laughs> sure yeah so um you know a lot of it is getting your design concepts um identified and in, in having an idea for how you want the features of the product to work so you know we had a target ph range for instance we had a target amount of polymer we wanted to put in the product um and so kind of identifying those first as you start and then you you run your your batches of it you know you want to produce three lots of the same thing see if it's consistent see if it changes over time what we call you know real time aging stability testing um and then you obviously have to taste test the safety and efficacy of it so that's when you get more into the The real tried and true FDA testing, where they have strict policies, and you have to work with contract research labs um, who do all the testing um, following GLP guidelines. So good laboratory practice guidelines, which costs a little penny. (laughs) Um, But you know, if you can clear all those hurdles, and it comes back that your product is stable for X amount of time, if your target's you know two years, four, we you know our. Target is five, but we have products that are over 12 years old that have never changed a minute because it's an extremely stable emulsion system. So we've never had an issue with that, but a lot of companies do um, because things degrade over time. So, yeah, that's always a challenge. Um, But once you get all of your data back and it says, you know, you're safe, you're effective, um, you do your irritation testing, cytotox, sensitization. And that's really what tells the FDA that this is safe. And then the biggest challenge for a lot of companies is finding a predicate device, which is something that's already FDA cleared that you can say you're substantially equivalent to. And that's a, that takes a lot of research and knowing your market and knowing what's out there and seeing what you're comparable to, Um, you know, obviously they let you have some differences, but you have to justify those differences and explain how you're substantially equivalent to it. They're not saying you have to be identical, but your safety and effectiveness profiles have to be equivalent. And they want you to have similar raw mater- you know, components to it, similar characteristics and feature and function. Um, so it, it definitely, it, it's a process.
1: <laughs> it's a handful, it sounds like.
2: Yeah. I mean, it can, it, if you're, if you've done it a number of times, once you've done it once, it kind of is like riding a bike. You know, you just jump back on and, and go through the hamster wheel again and do it all over again each time for each different product and variation. But once you know the process, it becomes a little bit more streamlined. Um, the FDA is always updating and changing, too, though. So, you know, we work with a really good regulatory consulting companies that have helped guide us over the years, too. And I think that that's really key, especially if you're new to it. Um, is connecting with a group. We work with a group called um, MICRA, MCRA, that are based in DC. And luckily, they have a lot of former FDA guys on their payroll who help to guide you through and can tell you from the inside what they're, what they're looking for. And so you kind of bundle your package, your submission, knowing what they're looking for and what they're, they're going to key in on and trying to preemptively address those questions so it can go a little smoother.
0: What Not were some of
1: the more significant studies that you had to do with pigs.
2: Yeah. So the one we just finished was, um, a large animal pig study and we were looking at large surface area burns, so, um, 15 to 20% um, total body surface area burns, which is a pretty big challenge, um, in the animal side. And we did one that was a non-infection study and we did one with a MRSA infection established. Um, and so, we were doing head-to-head comparisons with um, standard of care treatment. So for us, we're actually targeting um, military applications for this new product we just did. So we're looking at what does the Army's combat medics use in the field to dress a burn wound. Um, So we chose a comparable um, commercial product as our comparison and one that we could use as a predicate with the FDI. So you always want to make sure whatever study you do you're using your predicate device because they definitely key in on that um, but we had some killer result I mean it was it was night and day difference between us and the predicate and then obviously the control is just your standard gauze you know saline soaked gauze and slapping a tegaderm patch over it which doesn't <laughs> help a ton um, but we had uh, 60 to 70% wound closure by the end of a a four-week study for these really large area burns and the comparison commercial product was not even reaching 50 um so we were really really happy with that and the military has been pretty happy with the results too so that that's always good <laughs> when the customer's happy
1: did you do any other studies outside of burns
2: um well we do a lot in the in, with the fda has you do this the biocompatibility but those are typically in small animals so your rabbits and in, um, in rodent models. And that's looking at, you know, does it cause an irritation? Does it cause uh, sensitivity? Um, if we implant this for what they call chronic, subchronic systemic study, you're looking at 13 weeks of it implanted in the body. And then they look to see if there's any changes in body function or in the organs and the weights or the, the histology of them. Um, and those are, are, can be very complicated and long studies, but luckily that's why you work with the CROs, you know what they're doing. Um, but we've focused most of our preclinical studies on burns so far, because that's really a target area, but we have had a lot of, um, a lot of case studies on chronic wounds now. So, um, large size, very large size pressure ulcers, um, and just, um, ulcers, where it's elderly patients who have been sitting and get bed sores or have pressure sores on the backs of their heels or on their bottoms. Um, and where we're looking at, you can see tendon, you can see bone in them. Um, and we have a, a a group who distributes for us who, who have a video uh, picture capturing app for the doctors to use to monitor the progress of the wounds. And the beautiful thing about it is I get the pictures. Yeah, (laughs) They obviously sign releases so I can see it. Um, But we get, you know, real life pictures back on how it's helping these patients who have these horrible chronic wounds, um, you know, that are potentially life threatening that could kill them if it's not, if it's not closed up and, um, or if it gets infected, obviously that's even worse. Um, So we've had some really good success with our, um, with some of our, more advanced products, treating those really nasty pressure ulcers and, um, and chronic sores and getting them to actually close up for the patients.
1: And it's incredible that you've been able to do this with as pure of an ingredient list as you, you have.
2: Yeah. We like to keep it simple, you know, the kiss method, Yeah. yeah the, the body <laughs> heals itself. All you got to do is keep the bugs out and keep it moisturized. you know, keep that right moisture balance. And it, it does it on its own. You really don't need to be throwing tons of crap at it for it to heal. And that's really what we found, especially with those chronic wounds where, you know, a lot of people want to put scaffolding or collagen gels and all this extra stuff in there. And it's like, just keep the bugs out and keep the moisture out. You know, if you can suck out the exudate where that, you know, obviously has causes some degradation of the skin and can cause problems, you can keep them clean, then they really heal on their own.
1: And so a lot of our customers in the swine industry have been using this product and swine seal to really address the the pressure ulcers. Uh, and it's been incredible to see how it has helped solve that problem. And we had the opportunity to randomly meet, I think, 2019 in the yeah. spring in Florida <laughs> at an investor event. And we found out that we both had a common investor that connected the two of us, and there just seemed to be a huge opportunity in in pigs, and you were already working with other animals. Um, I think the cool thing was most of your trial data, because pig skin is so si- similar to human skin, you already had kind of that trial data, yeah. which was so, so neat. How have things progressed for you and your business over the past three to four years, and I guess through your journey? Um just, what was that? What has that process been like for you?
2: Gosh, I well, I mean, you know, 2019 <laughs> to now, there's been lots of changes, <laughs> <you know. laughs> quite a few. There's <laughs> a couple off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, uh, just a few.
2: I know. Well, you know, and and it it was really a focus going into the medical. Um, we were really trying to target and roll out our advanced um, wound dressing system in in 2019. So we had actually gone through, I had about maybe three product SKUs that we were trying to launch, um, targeting uh, dermatology, wound centers, medispas even, plastics. Um, and so we hired a, um, a sales rep who was going to go around to you know, we had, I think we brought on like five different independent sales reps to go to these independent physician offices and then 2020 hit <laughs> and she wasn't allowed in anywhere. <laughs> so we kind of had to pivot a little bit and we, we ended up doing a lot more, you know, on the direct to consumer. I had a hand sanitizer formula that we had made for CVS a couple years before that was a, um, a very organic natural based sanitizer. It was a spray, which was a little unique. And then it actually had a lotion property to it. So when you sprayed on the sanitizer, instead of it drying your hands out, it actually helped to moisturize um, and didn't make your hands feel all dry and cracky. And so my manufacturer called and, and who's actually also has an investor from our same investor. And he called and said, hey, do you still have that formula? I'm getting hounded for a sanitizer. And we said, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, if you're going to make it, make some for me too, <laughs> you know? And so we ended up getting a whole nother product line out of that, that the the response to that formula has been so fantastic that we kept it on even after COVID and when, you know, went through the FDA process to get it registered. So, you know, that was a a weird and unexpected pivot, but it's it's been a nice secondary income for the company and people seem to really like the sanitizer. So that was kind of an interesting offshoot that we just decided to keep around because it's still skin and wound cleansing, it still fits in with the, you know, the product portfolio. And it's still that, you know, we try to keep a natural level to the products, even though they are med device, you know, we, we avoid harsh chemicals. We don't want this the products to sting when they're applied, especially if we're using it on kids or animals, you know, you don't want to see them in pain. So we try to avoid and, and keep it just water and our polymer. And then we use an, um, a natural antimicrobial in some of the products, so that's the, the um, silver hydrosol ingredient, which is extremely effective at killing bacteria, fungus, you name it, but it's natural, so you're not going to get resistance formation. You're not going to suddenly have a drug-resistant bug because you've used it, um, so we try to stay in that lane and, and kind of, again, let the body heal naturally and just keep the bugs out as best as we can. Um, so it's been, (laughs) it's definitely been interesting. Um, I think the biggest change for us was in the um, beginning of 2020, I was actually going through this process of pitching with, um, a new organization called the Army's X-Tech Search. And they were basically doing an open call for people to submit white papers about technology they thought would help the Army. And I got a a referral from a a friend in SOCOM. And they said, hey, you should apply for this. We really need your stuff for the guys in the field. And I was like, oh, sure. So I submitted it. And I think it was the last thing we did in person was I was supposed to be presenting at a big army conference pitching this idea. And I was already in Alabama. And they said the conference is closed. And so we ended up doing it virtually. But I was already at a vacation house for spring break. And so we we pitched virtually, ended up in the top five of that competition, and I actually won two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it. And that's kind of what jump started this new product line that we've been developing specifically for military application. Um, so to be used in the field, super fast, easy to apply. You know, the guys can spray themselves even. Kind of foolproof use, and it'll seal a wound, any type of wound, chronic burn, blast. Um, and then keep it protected from infection. And we also added an extra element of lidocaine that you and I have talked about a couple times for the pigs also, but to help with that local pain management um, for the wound, especially with dressing changes or to avoid like, um, you know, just the, the irritation of it so that it can be left alone and, and on the animal side. So they stop picking at it and gives it a chance to heal whatever they're treating.
1: Yeah, and you guys have been pretty flexible, too. I know on the swine side, uh, we needed a little bit of a thicker formula to help that yeah. be best applied and and durable in that kind of environment. And you guys were able to deliver and and create a really great product there. When you Yeah,
2: and I'm still waiting for my pictures of the little piglets' butts blue with my stuff on it.
1: Oh, the yeah, yeah. For you the promised stuff, me yes. a
2: picture of piglets' I do need butts to get that to you. <laughs> sprayed blue. <laughs> I'm waiting for that because I want to show that to everybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that, that will be good. I need to do that. When, When you, when you think back on your journey, what do you think was your first big win and what was one of your most devastating blows or challenges that you had to fight through?
2: Oh goodness. Um, our first big win, and it was kind of a, it was a blessing and a curse. We actually got approached by public. um, to have our spray-on liquid bandages um, in the stores as soon as we got our FDA clearance. And we were not planning to start as an over-the-counter product. We were actually planning to start in the advanced medical space. And we kind of looked at it and said, geez, that's a lot of stores and a lot of money. (laughs) It's hard to turn that down when you're just starting and, you know, blowing through investor money, getting your FDA testing and registrations done. And so we ended up going into Publix, um, Publix and Kroger stores. We were in, I want to say, 80% of the stores in our first year. And it did really well there. It was it was great. It gave us a lot of income and revenue um, as a startup. You know, it was very helpful. But at the end of the day, we kind of just got so overwhelmed with some of the tediousness of being in big box store. And the returns and all of the stuff that they want you to give them money for, for BOGO deals and weekly flyers and, you know, the, the companies, the, your products are the ones that pay for that. Publix doesn't pay for it. <laughs> you know, Kroger's doesn't pay for it. They don't eat the cost for the BOGO. We actually have to pay for that. Um, we have to pay to run a BOGO and then we have to eat the cost of the products too. So it gets very taxing. And we actually made a decision in 2017 to pull out of all the the brick and mortar stores and focus mostly on online sales while we were expanding our product portfolio. And that was a big, big risky decision, but it's paid off tremendously at this point because we've been able to focus and our IP has grown significantly. And it's what led us to these big contract deals with the military. Um, So, you know, it was, it was a, a, a big win to start. It also became a very big challenge. Um, and you just kind of have to roll with it as a, as a business too. You know, I think the, the key and the, the beauty of small businesses is being able to pivot like that and make that decision, even though it's scary to cut yeah. off one of your big uh, customers and focus on what you know will, at the end of the day, bring the, bring the equity up in the company and bring up your valuation. Um, and I think that the biggest loss we had was a deal we were working on for almost a year and it was a massive private label deal for our spray on bandages, um, in retail and the company, and the company's called Mundi Pharma and they are the makers of the Betadyne product. So that's their big, big product line. And so they were looking to expand and add some first aid products and, Probably three weeks before we were set to ink the deal after having gone through all of our background, all of the patents, making sure everything was good to go. um, We found out that their parent company was uh, the company that owns Oxycodone. So, and all of that kind of crashed right then. And obviously they pulled out and had no money to invest in any expansion because... Their parent company was getting sued left and right and regulatory and all those good things. So that was a rough one because we were really, it was a couple million dollar contract just to start with ramp up up to, you know, tens of millions of dollars in sales expected. (laughs) So that sucks. That's rough. Yeah, that really sucked. I was like, couldn't we just ink it and get the first payment and then you guys close? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shoot. So, so close. What, what advice might you have for people with an idea?
2: Um. You know, I, I think for me, just as a scientist, I always take that approach to everything. It's, you know, test it out yourself. Don't be afraid to test it. Give it to people. Share it with them. You know, obviously, if there's anything proprietary or trade secret, You've got to you know, protect that, but share it, you know, test it out. I mean, I was, I've sprayed this stuff on. I found out I could use it for pets because I sprayed it on my dog's hotspot <laughs> and it worked. So um, that was, you know, I mean, you just got to play with it and, and see and fine tune and don't be afraid to, to hit go, even though you're not a hundred percent certain, you know, a lot of people were like, Are you sure it's ready? The formula is ready? Are you sure this? Are you sure that And I was like, if I spent all the time worrying about if, it, if I was 100% sure, we'd never get anywhere. You know, sometimes you got to say, I'm happy with where this is, it's giving me the results I want. I don't stop tinkering, stop, stop tweaking, stop tinkering and hit go, you know, because a lot of times we spend way too much time tinkering too. Um, so I would say, you know, field test your idea first before you go anywhere. Make sure it gives you the results you want. And then once you're happy with it, you know, don't wait for it to be perfect. Just go because you're going to make modifications and changes throughout the course of development and throughout the course of even at the FDA. There's going to be something that comes up and you're going to need to tweak. Um, So just have faith in the process that you'll end up with what you really want at the end.
1: That's really great. And then, like, following that, what's a golden nugget that you can pull from your life to share with listeners.
2: Oh, good grief! Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't know. Do you have one, Matthew? <laughs> what would you say? Because I know you tinkered with your sensors for a while too. So I'm sure you went through that same thing. Of gosh, is it exactly how I want it yet, or not? You know. <laughs> but oh, I don't know. A golden nugget. Um, I mean, I at the end of the day, it's surround yourself with the people who can who can support your vision and who will challenge you. So, you know, you want people that are, I I like to say, I try not to be the smartest person in the room because I want people to be able to educate me as I go Um, and I'm always learning. But I also like to have people that don't, that if I throw some harebrained scheme off the wall, they'll find the holes in it. <laughs> so we end up at the right place. You know, so I think the quality of people that you surround yourself with in work and in life makes a big impact on how successful you are. Um, and that's always a hard challenge in, in hiring as well. But I think that's, that's really the key to having a successful business is having a successful team.
1: Well, I really appreciate everything you've done to create this product. And it's helped so many producers prevent mortalities on sow farms by properly and more effectively treating some of their wounds so thank you for everything you're doing this for this industry even though you had no intention that the swine industry (laughs) would be looking to you as as someone to thank right now but uh for everything you're doing thank you so much
2: absolutely well we love it i mean i'm a i'm a huge huge animal lover and i have my own pet pig at home so it uh it was something that I was excited to do and get involved in as well. And, you know, like I said, we can we we're since we're a science based company and build a scientist, we can customize quick and easy. Right, Matthew? I was like, oh, yeah. you want to spray their butts blue? I got you. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> Tell me what you need and we'll make it work.
1: <laughs> so, so now um, I got to ask, what's the name of your pig?
2: Maple. Maple. <laughs> <laughs> maple bacon
1: <laughs> maple bacon I love it well thank She's you for big being old a guest It's <laughs> a big old pot belly
2: yeah <laughs> not as big as your pick but for us 250 is pretty big
1: <laughs> well we really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast and we wish you the very best
2: thank you so much I appreciate the invite and uh, happy to do it and keep supporting the industry